Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. In this episode, I'm talking to Kat from Seeking Digital all about her top tips and tricks for Facebook ad success. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss this episode. If you've got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things social media, digital, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. And if you like free stuff, well, I've got you sorted there as well. Head over to steviesayssocial.com slash little black book now to steal my little black book of social media secrets. You're listening to the Stevie Says Social podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 74 of the Stevie Says Social podcast. Now, if you listened to last week's episode, awesome. If you didn't, you should definitely head back and listen to it. Start. I started a little bit of a series on Facebook ads. Now, I have love hard eyes for Facebook ads. I absolutely see the power of them and I think they're amazing, but... I also know how difficult and overwhelming it can be for people who are diving in for the first time. So hopefully last week's episode basically told you why it's so great. And then this week, what I thought I would do is bring on someone who knows her shiz when it comes to Facebook ads and have a little chit chat about all of the good things. Now, 
Before we dive into today's episode, I have a freebie for you. If you head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash 74, I've got an ad copied sheet sheet. I know that that blank kind of blinking cursor is one of the hardest things when you go to write your Facebook ads. So this will definitely help with that. You can go and download it for free and you will also get notified when my blueprint on all things Facebook ads goes live very, very soon. So make sure you hop over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash 74 and grab that. Now, the girl that I am talking to today is Kat Screener from Seeking Digital, and she is pretty much a self-confessed tech nerd, and so the perfect person to talk to about Facebook ads. And without further ado, hey, Kat. Hey, Stevie. How are you? I'm really good, thank you, and thrilled to be chatting all things love, heart, eyes for Facebook ads. (laughs) <laughs> I think we love it as much as each other, oh, right? We do, yep. <laughs> Definitely. Now, I was actually going to go through, so I told Kat before the podcast episode to send through a quick bio and she sent through a bio. I'll actually read out the rest of it. So <laughs> she's worked in the marketing space for over 20 years directly with some massive brands like L'Oreal. But when you sent it through, Kat, I giggled a little bit because you were like, I hate writing about myself. I, and I never really know what to put in there. So yep. I think you nailed it. But maybe if you kind of want to elaborate on exactly what it is that you do for everyone listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you again. Um, so I guess I've, yeah, I've worked in the digital space for about 13 of the 20 20 odd years showing my age that I've kind of had my marketing career and I absolutely love the digital space but most recently I've really kind of honed in on Facebook ads as I guess the perfect kind of um, tactic to me focusing on and really helping people because I I think that you know for me Facebook ads ticks all of those boxes Um, it's strategic it's creative I even love the implementation side. My brain is a bit funny like that. Um, And then I love the analysis and the reporting and the optimization opportunities that that are there. So my my love um, for Facebook ads probably started about four or five years ago and has just kind of ramped up and up and up. And and now it's probably about 70% of of the client work that I do. Um, And yeah, just just love it. Like, absolutely love it. So you started, so... When did Facebook ads even come about? It was oh, about gosh. maybe, was it four? I don't know. It was over four years ago. Yeah. But I just remember back in the day, so when I very first started running ads for a real estate agency that I used to work for, I used to get leads for like dirt cheap, like yes. really, really, really cheap. And I think it was like they was working out. Guys, for context, at the moment, I get leads for between $3 and $9. So every email address I get, it costs between about $3 and $9. I used to get them for like 50 cents or under. Mm-hmm. And they were the complete glory days, weren't they? Absolutely. I remember it, Facebook ads were definitely around when I was at L'Oreal. And that was back in 2011 is when I started there. And they st- and Facebook started to appear, um, you know, on the media schedules, and it would it was always allocated the most minuscule of budgets, and yeah. um, at the time it was treated very much 
well, the placements that were available were, were really just brand awareness placements. So they were, you know, the right-hand column placement um, and you were limited to text and, and your characters and all of that. So it was very much like, I guess, Google Ads as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, things have really, really changed and it's so powerful now. Like it's it's kind of insanely scary how much targeting we can do, but from a marketing perspective it's so exciting. Oh, it's so cool. Let's dive into that. In terms of targeting, just for people that aren't kind of aware of the sorts of things that you can actually target with Facebook ads, do you want to give people a little bit of an overview? Because it's either going to scare or impress them. Yes. Um, so I guess with, with the detailed targeting ability that you've got, you can target on interests and you can Obviously, Facebook has kind of cracked down a, a little bit on some of the options, and they re- removed some of the options um, after no, yeah after Cambridge Analytica and, and that whole scandal. But um, say, for example, you have um, a brand that's focused on parents, you can absolutely detail down to parents of particular age groups. So you can do parents overall, or you can do parents of newborns. For you, Stevie, you'll be you'll be retargeted <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> I already am. <laughs> um, so you can target kind of different age brackets of parents. Um, you can also look for, I guess, pages. So if you're targeting perhaps um, a small business owner or a female entrepreneur, you can look at other kind of leading female entrepreneurs in the space like Marie Forleo or Amy Porterfield and actually, you know, pop that into your targeting as well so that you're 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 really honing in on the interests that someone has and I know that you're a big fan of um, Facebook audience insights so a lot of the time I'll plan audiences initially with that tool and then um, a little bit further you know once we're kind of refining things actually within ads manager but you mm-hmm. I guess it's about really understanding your customer um, what they're what they're into seeing the other pages that they might be interacting with and seeing if there's an angle that you can target there Um, so there's that detailed targeting piece and then there's the targeting that you can do through the pixel which is you know um, I guess creating lookalike audiences so you know people who look like your website visitors or look like your existing email list or look like your purchases and then allowing Facebook to go out and find more people that fit that profile to serve your ads to. And guys, if you don't kind of understand the value in that, it is so incredibly valuable. And I think, I don't know if you've had the same experience, Kat, but I feel like Facebook's, when they first brought out lookalike audiences, it was a little bit hit and miss. So you could do things like upload your email um, database into Facebook and they would find people with similar attributes. And they never really, I don't know, I never really had a lot of success in the beginning. But now I... Honestly, lookalike audiences are so, so effective for me. Are you finding that as well? 100%. There is not a single campaign that I run, with the exception of like 99% of the campaigns (laughs) that I run, would have some form of lookalike audience because it's the best way to reach cooler traffic I won't say it's cold because it's it is qualified it's it's cooler qualified leads that you can then convert um you know depending on the campaign that you're you're running so to have lookalike audiences you need to have the Facebook pixel set up so let's talk about what you need to have in place before you begin starting to run Facebook ads absolutely so the pixel even if you are not even considering running ads in the foreseeable couple of months or six months, I would get that pixel installed on your website ASAP. 
Um, if you're running a platform like WordPress or Squarespace, um, Magento, you know, Shopify, any of the big CMS platforms, it's super easy to implement that pixel yourself if you've got access, obviously, to the, the back end of your CMS. Um, and once that pixel's installed, you start to collect data that you can, you know, start to make decisions around. So you can understand how people from Facebook are actually using your um, your website and what the potential opportunity is if you start to to put money behind driving more people to the website through Facebook. So it's absolutely a, a no brainer, I think. And I'm, I'm, you know, quietly horrified with the number of websites that I come across, and I'm like. <laughs> Where's your pixel? They don't have a pixel. <laughs> do you have I the do. pixel checker on your Chrome? So I always check. It's so nosy. <laughs> it's one of the first things I do when I have a lead that comes through. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> where's my low hanging fruit? Where, yeah, where can I really help them? <laughs> and usually it's the pixel first totally. step. Absolutely yeah. do pixel. Um, I guess one thing to kind of bear in mind is I guess that whole setup of the ads manager account and your pixel. So each ad account can only have one pixel associated with it. So sometimes clients will come to me and there's a bit of legacy or history with them using their own private um, Facebook account for their ads and we kind of go through the process of migrating them across to, to a business manager and then setting up you know, that infrastructure properly. So they've got a pixel that's associated with the the company's ad account and it's a little bit more separate than having to log in as the client. So it's all properly kind of set up on business manager. Ready to lift your social media game, but not reinvent the wheel doing all of the hard work yourself? If so, you're going to want to check out the Stevie Says Social Social Shop. It has everything from completely done-for-you Instagram caption templates to social media tracking spreadsheets and much, much more. Head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash shop to shop now. So business manager, for those that don't know, is basically a way of housing all of your assets within the one place accessible by more than one person. Is that right? Absolutely. So if you are outsourcing or you've got um, an agency or a freelancer perhaps um, working on um, on your business page for organic content or even just, you know, for, for advertising as well, you can designate which assets they have access to, what level of access they have to those assets so that they, they log in as per their normal login details. There's no sharing of personal logins. And then if you, if you, for whatever reason, cease to work with that that business or that person, you can very quickly and easily just remove their access to your assets. So it's a it's a good security thing to have in place as well. Yep. So in terms of setup, the two things are make sure you've got an ad account and potentially business mm-hmm. manager if it suits you and make sure you've got the Facebook pixel. Facebook pixel, absolutely. Yep, cool. Love it. Okay, so where do you see people get confused when they're diving into Facebook ads? Because a lot of people would probably come to you after they've given it a shot themselves and then thrown their hands up in the air. Is that right? Or <laughs> Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, or, or I have had situations where they've had someone else managing it for them and because they haven't properly understood I guess, mm. the complexities of Facebook ads, um, they, they weren't able to kind of feed into the strategy or the proposed strategy that was kind of put forward. So I think one of the big um, places where people kind of get tripped up in the very beginning is actually choosing an objective that's appropriate for yes. what they actually want to achieve or 
perhaps expecting too much from a single objective. And when you, so when you're running a campaign and um, it's designed around getting email acquisition, you shouldn't then expect that um, campaign to be optimised for Mm. engagement or Mm. likes and that type of thing. So they're very different things. If you want to grow your likes, you need to do an engagement ad which is focused around page likes, not a lead generation, a a conversion campaign that's based around Mm. acquiring new leads. So I've had... I actually see that a lot. I see a lot of like people diving in for the first time and kind of even just boosting. Mm. So not even going into the yeah. ads manager and then going, oh, Facebook ads didn't work for me. I, you know, boosted for, and I, like, I yeah. get it, you know, like it's confusing when you first go in to do it. So no judgment, but like when I see that, I'm like, oh, that is such a missed opportunity because you know, when you know, when you realize that with your Facebook ads, you can actually say to Facebook, okay, can you please go out and find people that are likely to purchase my XYZ product? Like you can actually do that. And I don't think people realize. Because it is very easy to boost. So on Facebook, it's boost and and within Instagram, it's promote. It's super, super easy to do that. And, um, and, and people can get great results from doing that, but the results can be absolutely next level with the proper objective and a properly kind of mapped out campaign in terms of who you want that ad to be shown to and then what you want them to actually do and what your success is going to be or your return on investment, I think, is so much easier to establish when you're using ads manager, mm. definitely. And so how does that work? Because I know that, you know, in the back end, you can actually say you're an e-commerce product, you can actually really like physically see in the back end what you're actually paying per um, purchase, basically, can't you? Absolutely. So there's um, one of my clients at the moment, she started her, her Facebook advertising journey back in March. It was a very well-established business, um, but hadn't really leveraged social media at all for the business. So they had, um, they're on Shopify as their platform and Shopify plays very nicely with Facebook in terms oh, of. I love when e-commerce brands oh, are on Shopify. I'm like, yes, yes. it's so good. <laughs> so easy, you literally it? just yeah. put the pixel ID number into the back end of Shopify and Shopify does, you know, everything else for mm. you. So um, it's really, she, she's had some great success and, and typically what we'll be measuring for her is, you know, the number of purchases, the cost per purchase, and then what's known as ROAS, which is return on ad spend. So it's um, super granular. We, we we do also look at things like clicks and click-through rate and things like that. But really, it's about how much is she spending in terms of media and how much is she actually making um, through through sales because the purchase value is pulled through into, Facebook, into the Facebook Ads Manager reporting. So you know you know, an average cost per purchase as well as the purchase value. And then you can kind of work that back to an average order size of, I think for her, it's yep. about $360. That's so cool. Now, one of the things that, and I don't know if you see this as well, but <clears throat> in terms of the results that, let's keep it with an e-commerce brand just because that's what we've been talking about. But obviously mm-hmm. this is just as relevant to service-based and all of you people that are basically, you know, looking to generate leads and things like that. With that ROAS, so return on ad spend, so and basically what that is, guys, is, is if you put a dollar in and your ROAS is one, then basically you've made your money back. And then if it's two, you know, so it basically works like that. So yeah, what sort of results can people realistically expect from their Facebook ad spend? Because I see 
people out there that are kind of talking about how they're getting these ridiculous results. And a lot of the time they will be remarketing campaigns, which is like retargeting Mm -hmm. campaigns to hot audiences. And it's not a true reflection of the total ad spend. What are your thoughts around what sort of results you can realistically achieve in this day and age (laughs) Um, (laughs) from Facebook ads? I guess, look, yeah, ROAS for um, an abandoned cart campaign is ridiculously Mm. high. So, you know, it's, I mean, (laughs) the one that we're running at the moment is like 99, which, you know, is not normal, you know, because that's that's literally just reminding someone that they've got something in their cart and they're like, oh, yeah, Yeah. here I go back to my cart and I I purchase. So that is just, you know, outrageous. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I mean, which is amazing. uh, Yeah, yeah. Goes to show, like, always run abandoned cart, always remarket. (laughs) Absolutely. Where the gold is, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. But I think you can still have great success. Um, Re, I I guess you, I guess there's a distinction maybe to to pull apart remarketing to. So remarketing is, you know, in in terms of an abandoned cart campaign, and then there might be. I guess, a, a campaign that you're running to kind of warm audiences. And if that's the case, then you definitely should expect, you know, a ROAS of, you know, over 10 um, and maybe even up to 50 or 60. Um, so some of some of the campaigns that I've run and the one that I've got running for this um, econ client is, is sitting at around 60. Um, so, but again, she's got all of the infrastructure really well set up. So she spent the time getting the website done, beautiful copy, you know, compelling copy. All of those assets have come together to produce this great result. And I think sometimes too much focus is popped on the Facebook ads um, and it's it's driving people to a product or an offer that's not proven. So if if people are not already buying that service or purchasing that product, then doing Facebook ads isn't necessarily going to fix that. It, it may course correct, of course, um, and it may have just been a bit of a visibility problem in terms of people not actually, you know, you, you know, you're brand new and you just don't have the traction through organic social and that type of thing, but it won't, it's not a silver mm. bullet. It's not going to fix things that are kind of not really hitting the mark with the audience that you're trying to, um, trying oh, to attract. You are honestly speaking my language with that because, Uh, what I see is that people do treat it as the silver bullet. And so Mm. they will start at the end. So even like with my social media course, for example, like Facebook ads is literally the last module of the entire course. And the reason why, and even before, you know, people do the course. So stepping back before you even like touch a social media account, you need to have an offer that converts. And my business coach said this to me it was the very first thing he ever said to me he's like what's your offer is it converting and you need to Mm. test that you know you can test it with Facebook ads sure you know and and that's one way you can go about it and to see if people are actually opting in but you need to make damn sure that that is a solid offer before you start pouring money into it and I think what makes a lot of small businesses nervous is they're not sure if they actually have that and that's why they're nervous about spending the money Yes. Mm. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. So are you saying if you've got a proven offer that converts, if you've got an organic social media strategy, if you've got the content marketing that goes around your offer, you can absolutely get really, really solid results on a cold audience campaign. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. I yep. like it. 
Love that. Definitely. So what sort of budgets are we looking at for a small business that wants to dive into Facebook ads? How much should they spend? How long long is a pace of string? I know. (laughs) I get it all the time though. I know, I know. I know. I always recommend people approach the very first time that they advertise as a good kind of test case. You certainly don't need to kind of launch into spending $2,000 a month without having kind of proven, you know, that it that it's actually going to work for you. So mm-hmm. at the very kind of bare minimum, if it was a little kind of test and you're really looking to dip the toe in the water, I would probably suggest maybe about $200 run for about five days or five to seven. Yep. Um, or you can look at spending between kind of $20 to $40 a day for a, a, a week's period. Yes, a week, exactly a week, yeah, a week. Yeah, a week gives you enough days to play with. So you've got enough time for the the campaign to get some traction. There's enough budget sitting behind it for it to get traction. Sometimes I think people start, um, you know, as low as they can go, so $10 or less, and it's just not enough for Facebook to actually kind of learn and you need to allow it some time to learn you know, who to go, who to serve the ads to, who's going to respond and all of that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So if you spend too little, you just don't give your, your campaign and your ads the opportunity to be seen. Mm-hmm. So if you start with a, a slightly healthier budget, learn what works, and then the next time you run that campaign, you can run it at a lower level. So maybe the $10 a day because you're going to be running kind of always on um, mm-hmm. and $10 a day is, is you know, once you, you know what that return on, on the $10 is, you're like, absolutely happy to spend that because I'm getting X, Y, Z and these are the expected results and I'm happy to kind of then leave that going for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for those that don't know, you need it's 50 conversions, isn't it, for yes. Facebook to properly optimise. So, like, guys, mm. if you are spending, say it's a lead generation campaign and you're paying, you know, $3 a lead, you need to get 50 of those conversions. So you need to do the maths on what it's actually yes. going to cost for you to get that. Yeah. And, you know, it's actually quite, it's heartbreaking when people are like, oh, I'm just not getting results from my ads and it's, you know, 10 or 20 or $30 or, you know, it's just not yes. enough. So yeah. I'm really glad that yeah. you said that. Yeah. yeah. And I think for, for kind of ongoing um, activity, again, it, it really does depend on what the, what return are you getting, how much can you reinvest and, and kind of keep the ads kind of fueled. But I tend yep. to recommend um, that people spend kind of a minimum of about $500. If they've got, you know, a campaign and a, and a funnel that's kind of working, kind of minimum yep. of $500 if it's producing the results and if it's the, the activity that they need. And if you like, if it's producing the results, you're happy to spend it because you're getting 100%. the money back, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, one hundred. Yeah. So, what would you say are the biggest kind of, in terms of what actually makes a successful ad campaign? What do you think are the biggest players at the moment? Because one thing I'm seeing personally is social proof. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, people liking, commenting, engaging on ads, just like with social media, like, you know, organic social these days, I think it really starts to supercharge an ad. Have Abs- you seen that? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think um, sometimes people, even if they've come from the boosting and promoting camp, when, they, when they're faced with um, ads manager, they're like, oh, I have to create an ad from scratch or I have to copy the ad 
um, the ad copy and the image from an existing post that's got all this traction on it, you don't. You can pull, you can use an existing post in mm-hmm. Ads Manager, pull that in so that you've got that social proof and even run that um, as, you know, engagement or, or awareness to, to really start to kind of bolster and get that, um, I guess, that, that social proof side of things happening as well. So yeah, absolutely. it's working so well yeah. and it's just like it brings your costs down overall. Like so I guess the strategy could be, you know, you then start running, initially push it out, get yeah. the social proof, you know, organically or whatever, and then actually push that ad with all of the social proof on it to people that have never heard about you before. And it's just human nature, yes. isn't it? They're like, 100%. they see it and they're like, oh, cool, people have engaged with it. I'm going to click over. And it sounds so like pack mentality, but I do that. Yes, Yep. <laughs> and if it's something that kind of piques your interest in the news feed and then you look at the comments and then you're kind of clicking through, you're, you're engaged. Like that is, yes. it's, it's really a bit of a no-brainer. It might be a price thing or whatever, but it, it, yeah, you, you're kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is kind of putting you on the spot because I haven't actually, I'm not sure if anything will come to mind for you, but one thing mentioning like, so what you mentioned before around, you know, you can target newborns and things like Mm -hmm. that. One thing I've really noticed with my pregnancy is these companies. So like a lot of the pregnancy related companies are doing an amazing job of targeting me. Mm -hmm. So even like literally, you know, almost nine months ago, I just found out I was pregnant. I clearly searched something or something, you know, triggered it, but I started getting these like pregnancy ads and really, really, um, what's the word for it? Um, engaging, bang on ads for me. Mm-hmm. And so I started to make like a little list. So there's quite a few different brands. Mukti Organics is mm-hmm. one that I think is doing a really good job in that space at the moment with that storytelling style. And there was another one called Expectful Meditation. They're obviously spending a lot because I'm constantly getting their ads. <laughs> yeah. But have you got any examples of... Um, businesses that you think are just really nailing it in terms of what they're doing with their Facebook ad strategy. Oh, you are putting me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's been. (laughs) And look, I've actually been thinking about it because Mm. I've been really mindful of like the pregnancy ones, and I've kind of been like, wow, they're actually doing a great job. And the reason, so there's always a different reason. So with Mukti Organics, they don't make their ads look like ads so like literally they will tell a whole story about how they're like into non-toxic skincare and like you know the effect that it's had on there and I was like wow that is such a nice natural ad and then you click over I actually ended up buying their stretch mark yes (laughs) oil literally from them and I was like wow that is just such a great example of a nice natural Ad Absolutely. In the and I think brands that do leverage, I guess, the power of story storytelling on social, which we all, you know, agree and know that it is hugely powerful. That's what mm. sets them apart and that's what makes you remember them. And it's a it's yep. a it's more of a yes, you've eventually kind of go, Oh, it's sponsored, it's sponsored, it's sponsored. But if it's completely relevant to you and it's and it's contextually relevant, then you don't mind as much, I think. So I totally. I feel like you um and I think the more you interact with a lot of these pages, um, and if you're falling into that expecting category, because <laughs> that is a target, that is a targeting option. Um, the more you kind of see like content from other brands as well, who are smart to kind of you know target in that way. But I definitely yeah. agree when when it's when that storytelling element is coupled with 
um, I guess, the yes, with the targeting and a, a paid campaign, then it is it's naturally going to create a much more bonded customer because they've they've been on a little bit of a journey. It's not like you've just kind of landed cold onto their website and started looking at products that might work for you or might not, or you didn't really understand mm. um, the ethos of their brand and the organic nature and, and all of those things that kind of make up that that particular brand. Um, you've you've kind yeah. of gone on that journey and um, you're you're much more likely to purchase. And I think that's where I think there's there's so much of an opportunity and, you know, Facebook ads have, have been thrust into the spotlight a bit because everyone's like, oh, well, organic um, organic reach is died or it's dead or, you know, there's so many schools mm. of thought. But I think there's still, you know, a huge opportunity to support your organic content to get it seen by more people. And if you have to pay for that, it's just that's just the nature of platforms changing and, um, you know, a changing landscape when it comes to social media. So I think don't be too resistant to, to that. If you know, you've got a really great story to tell and you know that when you, when you take people on that journey, they, they eventually become very, very loyal customers. Yeah. I think that's a really good point you made around the fact that organic social and paid, they actually work hand in hand because often it's kind of like, you know, organic social media is dead, you know, you need to pay to play. And sure, like I think there is a whole ton of value in paying to play, but I actually think that organic social supports that. It's not like an either or. If you have an amazing, like it sounds like your client, your e-com client has got a killer organic strategy and that's actually supporting her paid strategy because it's bringing her costs down, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. because the more people you have engaging with your organic content, if you're then serving, if you're using and leveraging those people as a custom audience of your, you know, the people who are engaged on, on Instagram or engaged on Facebook, then you, you, the more people you drive into your organic side of things and the more they engage, the more success you'll have with the paid side of things as well. Yep, love it. All right, so one final question. Do you think Facebook ads is still worthwhile in 2019 given that ad costs are rising, given that it's getting more expensive, given that everyone is jumping on board? I'm guessing your answer is yes. Absolutely. 100% yes. (laughs) Um, I think when it comes to, I guess, rising costs and the cost of advertising, it's it's all so relative. So, if you have ever worked in traditional marketing, you, you have a sense of how expensive certain channels can be. And I think mm-hmm. we've really enjoyed, um, I don't want to say the golden era of faith, uh, of social media because hopefully, you know, things, things kind of move and change in the right direction anyway. But um, I think once you've got context around paying $3 for a lead versus not even understanding what a TVC campaign might bring you or um, some other, you know, maybe print media and things like that. I think because you because digital and, and particularly Facebook ads is so measurable, it's wonderful because we do get that true ROI, but it, it also raises questions because because people understand exactly how much it costs them, they're like, oh, well, I don't know if I want to spend that much. But when you when you do mm. compare it to other channels, it still, in my mind, comes out so much more cost effectively. Um, and I think even yeah. I'm not a Google Ads specialist by any stretch, but 
from from the experience that I've had in, in past roles, Facebook was always much more cost efficient than than Google Ads, and just the pure targeting abilities it's you know it it offers makes it you know the number one choice for me, particularly if you're on a budget and you want to test and trial things because no one says you know as soon as you open an ad account you don't spend anything until you run a campaign. If you freak out midway and go ah and you just turn it off, you stop spending money. Mm. It's it's so powerful in that way. Um, so if you do change your mind, it's fine. Facebook's not going to, it's not a subscription model. They're not going to keep charging your, your credit card. <laughs> not in a yearly contract. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think there's so much opportunity for businesses of all size to really test it as long as they're clear about what their expectations are and what they want, you know, the ads to do for them and, and also willing to to take that view of it being an investment particularly the first time an investment in learning what works and what doesn't work and then always taking those learning forward for for future campaigns yeah I love it thank you Kat I could actually just sit here and talk to you about Facebook ads for like another hour (laughs) I like genuinely love it and it's so nice to have someone I can like chit chat about it too anytime (laughs) anytime So good. Um, if people want to find out more about you and Seeking Digital, how do they, where do you want me to direct? Um, so on Instagram, it's just the handle Seeking Digital and my website is seekingdigital.com.au. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And guys, if you want to get your hands on the ad copy cheat sheet that I was talking about at the start of the episode, head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash 74 to get your hands on that and all of the links to all of Kat's website and social profiles will be on there as well. I will chat to you guys next week. Bye.